Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am Lisa Woolfork, your host, and I am once again, as always, honored, thrilled, and delighted for a very special episode of the podcast today. We are speaking with Ebony Love, Gailene Fitzgerald, and Latifa Safir, who are bringing to the world a fantastic quilt project. This is called Parallel, Mis- Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt, and all three of them are here in three separate time zones to talk with us today about this work. So welcome, Ebony, Gailene, and Latifa. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful. Thank yay, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. I want to start with, yay. I'm, trust me, y'all, I am geeking out. I am so, like, not calm right now. Um, and it, it, it has nothing to do with the coffee that I drank this morning. Okay, so my first question is, the project is titled Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt. Can um, can you explain, Ebony, what is a mystery quilt? I have a very basic understanding of it from being in a quilt guild. Um, it seems like you're given fabric, you put it together. I, I, but other than that, the, the notion of what a mystery quilt is, is a mystery to me. So can you explain what that is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think you know, at its base, a mystery quilt is, is essentially a quilt where the 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 host or the designer knows where the quilt is going but you as the maker or the participant do not so in some ways it's a leap of faith for um you know on the part of the person making the quilt because they don't know you know they don't really know where it's going to end up uh, are they going to like it <laughs> you know those types of things so it can be a little bit nerve-wracking and uh we what we did with this quilt is we gave a couple of hints uh, just to ease people into it but essentially it's a it's trusting the process and trusting that we're going to lead you through and you're going to like what what happens at the end but it's just essentially uh, um you know a, um a an exercise in faith and trust <laughs> I, I really like that because sometimes like when I purchase quilt patterns, like I look at a quilt and say, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. I love this so much. I want my, I want to make this. Um, and I've yet to like, I don't think I've ever done a mystery quilt where it's like I go to the fabric store and pick up an envelope and it has a giant question mark on it. Right. Um, and so this is like, it really is about the process. And I think it was something I find so exciting about this is that what you're doing is kind of, almost, I guess I could say reverse engineering, um, the process of what a final quote is going to be. 
right? If you think that you are buying a quilt pattern so you can make a thing, instead, it's like, no, 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 you have the skills. You can make a variety of things. Come along with us, make this, trust us, and you're going to end up with something spectacular. Yeah. And I love the, how I threw in the reverse engineer because y'all, all three of these women that we have on the line, they are all engineers. So how about that? That is incredibly impressive to me. And I pro- I'm sure I'm going to circle back to ask more about what you think about the, that discipline and how that applies to quilt making. Um, so how did you end up with the title Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt? I think Dylan has a comment on this. How did you end up with that? Well, it was we were kicking it about when we first came up with the idea that we were going to teach together. And we kind of backed into the name because sometimes the name drives the design. So if you have a concept of what you're trying to hit and you start with the name, you can make it happen again. This is certainly speaking to how we normally design things and I think speaks to the fact that we're engineers. So for me, Parallel Universe is that place that's not on this universe. It's something that literally happens simultaneous to us. And I always say when I can't find something, it must have dropped into the parallel universe. Yes, I have a lot of socks there. If you see some socks there when you're going there, please, those are mine. <laughs> yes, but when it comes out, I mean, sometimes when you find it, you're like, it's right there on the table. It was always there on the table. It's in plain view. So was I in that parallel universe? So the hint we gave them on the design, if they stare at it, is, two things almost superimpose on each other, but one is turned. And so it's a visually challenging concept. Um, but yet it gave us freedom to design everything or anything we wanted to within that space. So once we had the, the full view of what it was going to look like and we could break it down um, into what we were going to do and how we were going to present it, But I think with the term parallel universe, it allows it to be anything in the universe and that it would happen twice because it's parallel. It's running on the same track and that um, it seemed to be, you know, it's a catchy phrase. It it had everything we needed in it. Um, It was easy to say. It looked cool. So um, there you have it. It's parallel universe. Perfect. And I think that you're, you're absolutely right about, I love the notion of two things superimposed on each other and one is flipped. I mean, like that really does help you think differently about anything that's linear, right? That once you kind of flip it or reverse it, it does make you think differently about all the things you thought you knew. And so I really do love this title. That's fantastic. And I also think that the boundaries that you've erected for yourself are so broad and so fluid that um, there's still like a lot of mystery in the process to be revealed. So that sounds really excellent. Uh, One of the questions I also had was about collaboration. Um, I think, you know, the the three of you all have worked together before. Um, You have a robust partnership, a robust collaboration. Uh, Latifah, can I ask you about why collaboration? There's the, your three powerhouses, three engineers, three excellent quilt designers and quilt teachers. Why? What does collaboration give you that you can't get as individuals? Believe it or not, this is, I think, the first time all three of us have worked directly together. I um, First time I met Gailene, I was actually in a genome educator in her classroom. Um, Ebony and I have taught both the, the same show 
But this is the first time we had a chance to all work together. And um, when Ebony sent me an email or a text message, I'm not sure which one, and she says, hey, Gailene and I were thinking that we should do a project together. And I, I just I did, didn't even hesitate to say, yes, let's do it. The really, the beauty of the collaboration is that we each um, have our own experiences in business and in teaching and all of that. And we're all, we all do what we do very, very well, but now we're combining all three of those, those forces and um, the, the students and the participants get to benefit from all of it. And um, I'm really, really honored to be able to teach with, with Guy Lane and Ebony. And um, I'm really, really excited for January because it's going to be awesome. Um, it has been a challenge for the whole world to kind of go online. So we're kind of working through all of the dynamics of that, but we're so happy that we're able to, to present this program to you. Um, and January can't come fast enough. It is going to be here sooner than you know. I just feel like I don't know how time works anymore. And maybe that's why the parallel universe mystery quilt idea really appeals to me because I don't know which universe I'm living in. Um, because like, you know, with everything with the pandemic and all of this, the way that time works has just been so bent. It feels like I spent all the other day thinking that it was a Saturday, you know, and I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is a Thursday. Um, like those kind of things. And so I, I guess one of the questions I had was, since each of you have such a robust profile of work that you have done, you know, everyone has such um, accolades for the, the organizations that you founded and created, um, the, the venues you've helped to build, the fabric lines that you've designed, the books that you've written, you've done so much. If you had to identify one thing that you are most excited to bring to your collaboration or to bring to your students, what would that be? And I think I'm going to start backwards. I did not prepare you all for this surprise. Um, uh, maybe start with Latifa. What thing, what are you excited about? You've done so much wonderful work with founding these modern quilt guilds and working at so many shows and teaching. What thing do you, what thing are you most excited to kind of bring forward and share with your students in January? Out of everything that I do, and, you know, when you work in this industry, you wind up doing a little bit of a lot of different things. But out of everything that I do, teaching is my favorite. Put me in front of a, a classroom or someone that's interested in sewing or quilting, and I just come alive when the student gets that, you know, that you see the click in their head when they get it. And so just the opportunity to not only be able to teach, but teach with two other amazing teachers is, um, is kind of the highlight of all of this for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. That really is. I, I do as, as a, I'm a professor um, and I really do like teaching really does animate me and it just is so fun. And then the time flies by again, maybe it's just because I'm just terrible at using time. I don't know. Um, but like, you know, I'm the only one that seems to be like showing up late for Zoom meetings in her own house. Um, but yeah, I just, I do love this idea of connecting with students and connecting with, you know, fostering their enthusiasm. That's beautiful. Uh, Gailene, how about you? What, of all the things, you know, you've done so much, you know, you write haikus, which of course, as an English professor, just really speaks to my love language. Um, of all the things that you do, what are you most excited to bring um, to your students who are going to sign up for this class? Well, my strength is in technique. I'm a technique teacher. Um, and I like technique because I you know, I, I honestly don't care that much about somebody creating one of my quilts. What I want to do is empower them to, to find the artistry within them, 
to, to be that cheerleader, to pat them on the back. And sometimes they have a vision in their head of their next quilt and they just don't have the tool set to make that happen. So taking classes with us puts us one-on-one with them so that we can empower them, teach them the techniques that we use so that the world is fully open, that they can look at any design, create their own design and know how it's broken down because they can follow the path that we broke this down. And to me, that, that is the, the power of it. It's really empowerment for me. That's what I, that's the kick I get in the classroom is to say, look, there was women in wagon trains that, you know, were sewing under the least of ideal conditions that were able to pull off the most stunning quilts. Now, certainly with technology, rotary cutters and the like, why are we shying away from this mess? You know, dig in, jump in, and here's the tool set that you can use the technology of the sewing machine, the accuracy, or the inaccuracy, and how do you fix that? And that's what I think not only do I bring to the table, but all three of us bring to the table. I think it's that engineering sense of of, of putting things together to, to build it and then to unbuild it. You know, um, and, and it's that look that I hope that they get out of it, that it's more of the empowerment of, yeah, I can do anything because I'm a quilter. I can do anything, even though I'm having tough times in my life. I can create, and it looks beautiful. And I know why it looks beautiful. That, to me, is the, is the power, is truly to, to teach technique. I really love that. I love that it's not because it's like you're reinforcing people's creative independence rather than like, oh, here, you buy this pattern. You must do it exactly this way. Um, it's saying you buy this pattern, you do it exactly this way so that you can practice this technique to do your own thing, that you have all that you need already. You just need guidance and encouragement to be able to do it in a way that's going to be for a really powerful and structurally sound uh, design. No, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Ebony, how about you? What are you bringing? Um, you, again, uh, as an engineer, um, incredibly creative, powerful, um, working in the industry for quite some time. What are you most excited to share with your students at the class? So uh, that's such a great question, and I have plenty of time to think of an answer. <laughs> um, I think that for me, it's, you know, one of the things that really speaks to me is this this opportunity to build community through shared experiences. And I, anytime that I get the opportunity to, to make those connections and bring people together, um, and create those experiences that, that people can really, uh, get behind and, and kind of mutually, it's like a feedback loop, right? And when we're having a good time, we're creating kind of these, these memories that we can look back on and, and, um, you know, and, and kind of cherish. And I think the other piece is just um, the, the opportunity to use technology as a vehicle for that artistic expression for people, I think is, uh, you know, it just, it, it hits all my buttons, right? So, um, so I think, you know, that the, just the opportunity to, you know, we're creating community through our collaboration and we're expanding that community by inviting people in to share that experience with us. So I think that's the thing that I'm really excited about. 
I was thinking about, well, I guess, I guess I have a couple of questions that I'd love to follow up on. What, and have you ever met people? And I'm sure I'm not going to assume I I have met some people, um, some sewists, new sewists, either apparel sewists or, um, quilters who express legitimate, or at least it seems legitimate to me, fear, actual fear, F E A R fear about sewing something. They'll tell me, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to sew a French seam. I'm afraid to sew a, a, a curved, a curved dart. I'm afraid to um, make a bra. I'm afraid to do, and I'm like, it's a sewing machine, sis. Like it's not, I mean, you drive an actual car. Um, that's way more dangerous than a sewing machine. How do you deal with, or what do you think that fear comes from that, that students might have when they tell you they're afraid of fill in the blank? Um, where do you think that comes from? Has, have any of your students ever communicated these types of ideas or thoughts to you that they were afraid of something, some technique, something in the quilt world that they just were somehow, um, overwhelmed by or daunted by and didn't want to try? Um, this is Gailene. I would say absolutely and all the time. Um, and I think that is the power of the mystery quilt. If you saw the quilt, you would probably ponder and may back away and may not think you have it. But if we break it down into its piece parts and it builds up to that image, you're like, holy smoke, I did that. And and it's it's it's... It's a different look. I mean, I think, you know, as women, we are forever asking people, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And why? Because you're opening up for the criticism. If they love it, they're going to tell you anyway. You don't even have to ask them. And if they hate it, it's not theirs anyway. So you have to kind of get in the zone that I'm doing the best. Most people approach projects of they're going to do their best. It may not look like mine because my best is on a different measuring stick, but it's their best. And we have to celebrate their best because with any of the, I'm going to call it the needle skills, the hand skills, you don't get better until you put the time in on anything of that mastery. We have it because we sew, we design constantly. So it's easy, it's fast, but if you're doing it as a hobbyist and you don't get to do it that often, then I don't necessarily expect yours to look like mine, but yours still looks presentable. So you got to look at what satisfies you and we got to stop criticizing each other's work because life is critical enough. Yeah. So we're, yes. we're putting each other in a box. And this is, at least for me, my happy space. So I want it to be somebody else's happy space. When life, you know, really, you know, craps on them, I want them to say, let me go where my sewing machine is because I'm instantly happy because I can produce something. I can create something. And at the end of the day, I can look at it and see my achievement. And yeah, and yeah, that and I, that's a philosophy, you know, of why we're in that classroom. And yes, I, uh, Ebony, did you have something to add? Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting. I'm over here just like vibrating and going. Oh no, no, God, go yeah. ahead. So, um, you know, I I think what I was what what struck me is that I think a lot of us 
sort of grew up with this, this, um, you know, I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't play music, I can't sing, you know, all of these, you know, I don't have a creative bone in my body, right? Like we, I think just even as children, we start this comparison process and the creative pursuit is supposed to be Um, you know, kind of this pursuit of excellence, just like, you know, excelling in math, you also have to excel in art instead of just making art because you can, you know, Um, or just making Mm, art just because. Um, So I think a lot of times, you know, we bring that into adulthood um, and we bring those insecurities with us after a lifetime of, of thinking that we're, we can't do something. Um, And, and like Eileen said, part of this mystery is, is really like, you know, we're not going to sit here and tell you, you can't do it. You can't sit here and say, you can't do it because you don't know what it is. <laughs> so, so I, that's right. you know, <laughs> so it just opens up that space. I think for people to just let go a little bit and, um, it, you know, and, and I think that, that at the end, because I've done, I know, Gailene, you've done mysteries before, but at the end, sometimes people surprise themselves. And we hear from from our students, like, I never would have attempted that if I had known where this was going. But I feel so great about being able to to make this, you know, that that I made this beautiful thing, you know, at the end. And so, so I think that's, you know, part of getting into the mystery quilt is helping you to to get past that, that block, you know, that mental block of not being able to do something. Yes. Yes. You know, I, what I wanted to hear about this and I, I love talking to quilters about this because I know this is, this is something that, and I'm not sure if it relates to what, what Gailene was saying about how there's a lot of like fear that sometimes gets internalized. Or as you were saying, Ebony, like we might have, have ideas from early childhood, like, oh, I'm not an artist or I'm not creative or um, I've been doing it wrong. I can't color outside the line or whatever. But I wonder if that's related to, um, I'm sure this is a phrase you all have heard, the quilt police. <laughs> um, the quilt police who um, are out there apparently roving the streets trying to find somebody who has a raggedy-ass uh, quarter-inch seam or, you know, so, you know, or like, oh, you did your quilt wrong or back in my day, you know, no, no one would ever attempt a New York beauty in this way and you're supposed to use these prints, et cetera, et cetera. Where, I wonder maybe, um, Latifah, do you have any thoughts on where that comes from and why it's so destructive, um, you know, and does that somehow ever pop up in your classroom? I mean, I'm not saying that I can't imagine any of you would be cool policing. I'm just wondering if that's something that, if that's another internal idea that people have or that people, I always wonder why people say that or do that. We get that a lot also in the apparel sewing world. Someone's like, oh, you didn't do it this way. I, you are supposed to do that. It's just like, look, nobody asked you, friend. You know, so what are your thoughts on the the quilt police? And I know that takes it's a, it's a huge question because you know, of course, you have juried shows and there's certain standards. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm talking about the quilt police in the sense of some really harsh scrutiny that really shuts down um, or is aggressively critical of the creative possibilities of other people's work. Do you have any thoughts on that, Latifah? Absolutely. So I think that the the loudest quilt police for a lot of quilters is their internal voice within themselves. 
And that's because mm-hmm. a lot of quilters are, um, are adult learners and we have this extreme need for it to be perfect. And, um, so that's been my personal experience. There are police that are out there. That is something I do not allow at all in my classroom. And, um, I don't even allow people to talk badly to themselves. They're doing it out loud in the classroom. Um, and I have a personal philosophy. Um, this is the way that I teach all the time is that nothing is difficult if you take it one stitch at a time, because even the most complicated sewing is it's done one stitch at a time and one seam at a time. And um, so, you know, we've been welcoming beginners into the Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt um, and people of all levels. We chose not to put a skill level on it because we're going to walk you through step by step by step. We each have a tool that helps us with making the cutting and all of that easier. And we're all professional teachers with many years of experience behind, you know, so we're able to walk every student through and make, you know, to make this quilt successfully. So there are are quilt police out there that does exist. Um, I think you have that in any kind of uh, creative or art kind of based um, community. But I I do find that within the context of a classroom that the loudest quilt police are, are internal quilt police. You're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and I'm speaking today with the creative team behind the Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt. That's Gailene Fitzgerald, Latifa Safir, and Ebony Love. When we come back, we'll continue to talk with these creative, amazing quilting teachers and engineers and find out more about how engineering can affect or influence your quilt life. Stay tuned. for the role that you've played in helping the Stitch Please podcast to grow. By listening, you are helping and contributing, and I thank you for that. I also wanted to ask a favor. If you listen to this podcast on a medium that allows you to rate and review it, please do so. A five-star rating on Apple, a review that says a few sentences about the podcast are helpful ways to shift attention of the algorithm that rates and reviews podcasts globally to get let them let them know about the Stitch Please podcast. So if you have a couple of things to say about it, that would be really great. And thank you again for your support. Your listening means a lot. Thank you. And now we're back to the show. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast. We're talking today with amazing quilt designers, teachers, and engineers, Ebony Love, Gailene Fitzgerald, and Latifa Safir, who are talking about their amazing new project, the Parallel Universe Mystery Quilt. Listen in to find out more about how engineering helps to influence their design process and creativity for you too. Stay tuned. Yeah, I think that's a really excellent point about adult learners who really doubt themselves um, and how, you know, like they speak that doubt aloud. I just, I I, I was at at church last week and, well, not at the building. I was at Zoom church last week and um, it was a guest pastor and he said, um, worry is the mind set on self-destruct. 
Isn't that good? Yeah. I kind of wish I could tell people that I said that. And I'm like, oh, it seems kind of bad to kind of like plagiarize the words of the pastor. Like that seems like really like, you know, some bad energy. So I won't be claiming his words as my own, but like, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that it happens to a lot of us in creative endeavors where we feel like not particularly secure um, because we're still practicing. Right. Now, each of you have, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did someone else have something to add before I yeah, transition when, to another question? When Latifah was talking about, you know, this adult learners, um, the other thing I think which makes our combination so sweet is with engineering, you progress by failure. If you don't fail, you don't grow to the next level. If you discover something on the first path, you have no idea how to make it better because you never understood it to begin with. So I am so accustomed to failing as an engineer that it's not a big deal. You fail, okay, I know that iteration doesn't work. But in that failure, I have designed new techniques. I'm like, oh, wow, I would have never thought to do it that way. And look how that came out when you're trying to save something. But it's through the failure, at least for me, where I see the growth. But as adults, they think all eyes are on them. And mm-hmm. and they want the perfect A. And I'm like, mm, yeah. the stronger student may be the C. Because yes. they know so much more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, we celebrate we celebrate mistakes and failures in, in my classroom because it's mm-hmm. critical to the process. That's how we, we learn and grow. So I'm with Gailene 100% on that one. Yeah. I really love that. And I think that was one that, that goes back to one of the questions I was going to ask you all about how engineering informs your quilt practice. Um, and so, Gailene, I really appreciate this about like basically about experimentation, that experimentations don't always result in successes because if they did, they wouldn't be experiments. You would know it was going to work the first time. Are there other like gems or others, either strategies or techniques from the engineering world that, um, that shape your approach to quilting? Well, I'm probably the oldest, so I'm the more old school. Um, I go to my computer last. I start with fabric. I start like a garment, like in draping. I start with fabric, start cutting shapes, Mm -hmm. sit up on on a table surface, take a lot of pictures of it when I think I have it. Then I cut it out of the fabric I want to see the block in to build it. And last, I'm on the computer to scale it. Um, And it's just, I guess, because, you know, my life in in quilting didn't start on the computer, you know, type of thing. Okay. So that's just what um, is not necessarily my biggest strength. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm more hands-on, more tactile early in the game. Oh, that's great. And so you're saying that your drafting takes place like by hand and sketching. Well, you, start, you said you start with the, you let the fabric speak to you in some way. Well, no, I'm just moving shapes. It's like, it's literally like Tinker Toys. It's like an erector set. I'm just moving wow. shapes around and saying, when I look at it, do I like what I see? And if I like what I see, I translate it to cloth. And do I like what I see? And if I like what I see, how do you build it? How do you make it? And then finally, 
once I can construct it, then I have to write a pattern so I can teach somebody how to do it. That's how to do now, it. on the computer, right? <laughs> thinking, okay, what software am I using to do whatever I want to do? Because I have to break it down in teachable steps on, on how to construct what I deconstructed. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Ebony, how about you? Are there any specific aspects of engineering that show up um, in your teaching or in your own creative practices? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, at the end of the day, um, I like to solve problems and, uh, and, and, and creating okay. quilts is, is like, it's like solving a puzzle or solving a problem. Cause you put all these shapes together and then you have to figure out, well, how, how do I communicate this to someone else? Or, or how do I, you know, if I boxed my box myself into something, you know, how do I get myself out of the box into something that somebody will actually want to make? Right. Cause we can, you can do you know, you can do anything in fabric, right? But how do you get it to the point where it's, it's this interesting, complex thing that you can actually break down into steps and develop a process around? So I think for me, you know, it's, it's typically why I tend to do things that are very, uh, very grid based. I love, I love graph paper. <laughs> you know, that's something that oh, I that's carry. Awesome. Yeah. I like, I was such a fan of, of graph paper and I actually, uh, I actually start with the, the sketch, uh, but it's a digital sketch that I start with and I start with my graph paper on the computer. So, um, so it's kind of, you know, it, it's a different process that, that Gailene and I have, but I think we're all, you know, ultimately we are, we are solving the puzzle of the making. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I just, I just bring mm, solving that, the yeah, puzzle. solving the puzzle. That's what I, that's, that's the engineering part that I bring. Excellent. Latifa, how about you? I, I love this, um, this question, and I love to hear how you can talk to 10 different quilters and get 10 different answers. And a lot of quilt designers and teachers, you'd be surprised how many of us do come from technology or math-based. Oh, math. yeah. So it's kind yeah. of interesting. But, um, but when, you were ta- when Gailene and Ebony were both talking about it, I was having flashbacks to our early designing of this quilt. <laughs> Gailene had this excellent concept and it included like pickup sticks and these random lines following in place. And she sent us a sketch, which is the ended up being very close to the sketch that you guys see right now. And Ebony and I both looked at it and we we're like, that's great, but how are we going to put that together? And it was so amazing to see the three engineering minds come together and figure out how to put it together in a way that once you guys see the final quilt, you're not going to believe how it's blocked. It ends up being a block-based quilt, and it's very streamlined and all of that. But um, I think for I mean for all of us, engineering usually is about solving that puzzle. I have a mechanical engineering background, so for me, it was how do things fit together? And my process is actually very different than Gailene and Ebony's in that I literally throw the problem into the back of my mind and I let all of my mind kind of work through all of the details. So when I finally either go to fabric or go to my computer, it's completely figured out and sketched out and everything in my mind. So everyone has a slightly different take on it. 
but the engineering part lets us figure out how to take these more complicated shapes and images and figures and put it together in a way that's streamlined and easy and easy to teach to, to others as well. So I can't wait till you guys get to see the quilt because you're going to be like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This is amazing. And so I'm, I'm getting really excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see my quilt. Um, <laughs> I was wondering a couple of questions. I'm, I guess because of the way that I approach things, I'm not at all scientific, very humanities-based, very literary, literary and cultural studies. And so for me, I'm like, let's talk about the stuff. You know, t- let's talk about the fabric we're going to be using. And I am excited to hear about these tools. You said that there were tools. I think that's, that's the thing for me as an outsider, I think speaks to... Um, the work that you all have done in terms of engineering, like, you know, the clamshell tool that you have, Latifah, like the other tools that are involved in the making. And I'm also have to, I have to confess this. I am a notions. I, I love notions. I am a notions fan. I am a fan of notions. You would not believe, well, I know I don't have as many rulers as any one of you. I can say that for sure. But for someone who is not like, you know, first love quilting, second love apparel. For someone whose first love is apparel and whose second love is quilting, I've got a ton of rulers. I feel like somehow, like, I found out that a ruler exists in the world, and I'm like, I must have it. I must absolutely. But at least you're not going to make anything with that. That doesn't matter. It's not the point. The point is that one day I might want to, and I can't because I don't have the ruler. Um, so can you talk about some of the tools that you have created? Are there, are there specific tools for this project? Are they some of the tools that you've used in early, in earlier patterns or other work? Um, yes. So all of that. Um, we <laughs> so you all are tool fanatics too. I just want to make sure we're all yes, on the same page. Yes, yes, yes. 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 We, okay. Um, good, good. So we were known for certain types of tools. So we wanted, since this is our first collaboration, to bring that to the table, to show that integration. Tools for me, as an engineer, you use tools to be effective and efficient. Effective cutters and efficient cutters. If you can start with the cut of the shape, then you got more flexibility in the sewing of the shape because fabric moves, gives, has bias, thank God, and it can yes, so yes. It make stuff fit. But with the tools, you get that simplicity, and once they learn how to use the tool, that takes one thing off the table, and all the engineering is in the tool to make the process simplistic. So I think with us, and I am a tool junkie, I own, I see it, I buy it, I usually see it, buy it, analyze it, and it's like, mm, why did they do this? Because this isn't efficient. Or I, <laughs> <laughs> They should have consulted me. I would have helped or, them. You know, you try not to minimize people, but you do, because I'm like, clearly they weren't an engineer because they would realize that that made no sense. <laughs> you know, I'm using the tool, I'm like, look at all that waste, you know, that's not an efficient cut. So you know, that does jump in the process. Um, But we're known for tools. So we brought them to the game. And the fabric, so the three tools that I'm seeing, so you get the clammy, the polygon, the clammy, the polygon, um, and the Key West block set. So like these are, it's like, I'm taking a, a dyeing class soon and I'm, you know, accumulating all the materials and stuff for it. And it's just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with any of this stuff, but I am very glad to have it now 
you know, I'm very glad to check off the box from my list. Um, and so I'm, this, this is incredibly exciting. And to also to have, for the opportunity to work with the people who design the tools that they're using is really um, just such an added benefit um, that's really exciting. And I'm also thinking about the fabric that you chose. So there's two types of fabric you can use, solids. I see you have some Kaufman solids. And then you have um, Ebony's fabric, the Primo, which is, um, are these are these boutiques or are these replicas of boutiques? Like how, Ebony, how do you talk about the fabric that you have that's involved in the project? Yeah, so, uh, so Primo is a boutique line. It's um, through Island Boutique and it's my debut fabric line. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and so I was just, uh, you know, and how we sort of came to, cause I was actually thinking, well, let's just use the solids. And, you know, both of them were like, no, let's use your fabric too. You know, you've got the fabric, let's do it. Um, so, you know, so the fabric line, I think, you know, for me, this line, it's just, it's a lot of different geometric shapes, uh, re- repeating shapes, um, and shapes that kind of travel through and travel across, uh, the different lines. And then of course, incorporating when, when I designed the, the colorway, um, it is, I was thinking of exotic ice cream flavors like lilac and, Ooh, yum. <laughs> you know, and mango and things like that. So, uh, so that's kind of the inspiration behind the color story. And then what we did, so we started with the, with the batiks and, uh, and then just selected the solid colors uh, to complement them just to make it um, easy for people to kind of figure out, okay, if I don't want to use either of those, at least I have a sense for the, the values um, and the, 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 the play between the lights, the mediums and the darks. Um, so that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of how that went. But, um, and it just, I think it just happened because both Latifah and I designed fabric and I think it just, it also ended up being too just um, we don't, we don't typically have lines out at the same time. So, you know, so it's just, you know, who's got mm-hmm. ready to ship kind of thing. So, right. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's, I'm listening. Go ahead. Um, and if you're wanting the batik fabric, you should put your order in right away because oh, yeah. of the fact that it's been selling like hotcakes. There's a, nice. there's quite, there's quite a few of the Kona bundles left, but the batiks are really, really selling. So if anyone's interested, don't, Wait too long. Yeah, please do. Because, Listen, y'all. I yeah. have this. Yes, because I had to bump up. No, go I, ahead, Emily. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I've already bumped up that order, and I had to call in a personal favor um, because, you know, while I said what fabrics were ready to ship, it actually took three to four months for the fabric to land stateside. And so I've already called in my favor to bump up that order. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so. So you don't have many more personal favors left to bump up the order again, right? So I like, do not, y'all hurry up. not. And it's really just when is it going to ship? So anything, um, you know, the fabric's going to land here in um, in November. So it's like, can we? What can we get here in time for the January one start? Yes. Uh, so so we're yes. we're very low on the boutique kits i'd say like you know if even you know if there's any left by the time somebody hears the sound of my voice (laughs) so right yeah and so this episode is going to release on um wednesday august 26th and that is five days before the class closes so if you are hearing this episode and you're excited as i'm excited 
sign up for the class and buy your fabric or maybe buy your fabric and then sign up for the class because um (laughs) but definitely sign up for the class but i'm just saying like you like that there's more spaces there's space in the class is the class going to close at a particular i know you have a date set for the closing of the registration which is in about five days from now um but are you is is there a capacity um number that you might close it any earlier no, the so only from, thing that's closing is the pre-registration. Yeah. There's a discount if you oh. for August 31st. Oh, that's right. I see. I see. I understand. I see. I'm looking at the website now. So if you if you register within the next five days, you get a twenty dollar discount. And everybody knows that a twenty dollar discount is just twenty dollars you could use to buy fabric. So why not sign up now early and save twenty dollars? to buy fabric with later. Absolutely. Definitely. My goodness. Definitely. Um, I had another, another question I was interested in. I know we are getting near the end of our time and I don't want to keep you any longer, but I just have to say one of the reasons that I was so excited about what you all are doing and so grateful for it is to see three black women um, really taking on building something that is so that that we don't that I don't think I see often enough. Um, you know, black women, black women engineers, black women quilt teachers, black women leaders um, in the quilt industry, um, changing stories, changing perce- perceptions and perspectives, and that's one of the things that I that really drew me. Uh, to this project and just got me so excited. It's like, wow, I don't, you know, like I have had some black quilt teachers, but I had to go to the African-American Quilt Guild, which was this one. The one I went to was the 5440, which is in um, the East Coast of Virginia. I believe they're in the Hampton Roads, Norfolk area. Um, And it was a wonderful conference. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And for someone like myself, whose formative instructional years in in quilting, when I apprenticed for someone, when I was in graduate school, as well as the courses I took, I was always the only black person in the class. Um, And so to have not just one black quilt teacher, but three is incredibly exciting to me. Um, does that do? Do you all think about that at all? Does that kind of shape your approach to this um, to this particular offering or any of the other work that you do? Wow, we're silent on that one. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I become, um, okay, go ahead, Guyline. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 just interesting, um, and this is it's timing. I mean, not only did have we each paid our dues in the industry to get where we are, it's the timing um, that, you know, in our classrooms, we don't see very many um, minority or people of color. Um, mm-hmm. We don't pass each. When we see each other at a big conference, it's noted because there's so few of us, maybe one mm-hmm. or two of us, um, but we know each other exists. We know more exists, but we don't see them in the main, on the main stage and they're on other stages. They're doing art gallery stuff. I mean, there's some fantastic oh, yes. um, African-American quilters out there that yes. have their own genres going and are incredible, but it's the timing. It's time for us 
Yes. Um, and especially with the big shows not are happening virtually or whatever they're doing, they yes. look, we have nothing to lose Yes. by doing this. Our audience knows we're black. <laughs> you know, they already know that. They already know who we are. And yet, when they enter our classroom, it, it's, they've embraced it. They, they embrace mm-hmm. it. We're, we're from the city. We're from this. But we're so like them in so many ways. Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. comfortable. And um, so for me, it, it was, you know, and we were on the phone and we were um, on a Zoom. And I was just on my computer and I was checking Facebook. And I said, hey, Ebony, we have... 54 friends in common. And then I did Latifah. Hey, we have 70 friends in common. Then Ebony did it. And I'm like, wow, imagine a class where our full following base has an opportunity and we can Mm -hmm. cross fertilize. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're seeing on our registration. So that is incredibly exciting. Um, that yes 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 absolutely and I think for me because you all are industry insiders you've worked in the I'm not sure how much of an insider you feel but I feel like you have the experience as you said Gailene you paid your dues you really have you've done the work you've done the trainings you are incredibly skilled and just powerfully and vibrantly talented um, and so for, I'm coming at this as someone who is a bit of an, an outsider, like this is this, the industry stuff is not something I'm particularly, you know, I don't have sponsors or anything like that. And I can feel free to say what I'm about is the business of getting more black women, girls and femmes sewing and emphasizing, highlighting, praising those who are doing it already. Like that is what I do. That is what I care about. That's where my heart is. Um, and so And and that was the thing that just made me so excited. And I love your point about timing, that it is your time. And I'm so glad that, you know, that you all are doing this. I really, really am. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? I just want to say and just take the opportunity to say how, um, just how grateful and honored I am to be in the room with Gailene and Latifa and teaching together and just like, I, I think Gailene's point about timing, I think th- with everything that's going on, we got a chance to pause a little bit and that created space for us to be able to come together. Cause we we're all kind of on our own, you know, past just, you know, hustling and working the business and, and not kind of taking a step back and going, all right, you know, we don't have to do this by ourselves. We are absolutely capable of yes. doing it by ourselves, but we don't have right. to do it by <laughs> ourselves, right? And so I just, I don't know, I just marvel every day at what we have created in the community that we're building and just the the the, the vision that Gailene initially had and just how how we've all brought these complementary skills, to, you know, to the table. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so beautiful. And I wish we had done this sooner. <laughs> Yes, yes. Latifah, any last words or anything you might like to add on this or any other thing we talked about so far as we start to wrap up? Absolutely. Um, it's it's funny. Um, 2020 is one of those years that 
um, that it's, it's one for the books for sure. You know, yes. from the pandemic to um, the big Black Lives Matter and the impact that that's had on the quilting and craft communities and not being able to meet in person. And But there's great benefit that's also come out of all of that. And one is that it's allowing us in so many ways to kind of rewrite our narrative. So we're able to say more about that. I love that. There, Tell me about there, rewriting the narrative. I mean, there's when we're... Gailene mentioned earlier that we see each other at shows, but very often we're the only black teacher there at a show or, um, and, and we rely a lot of times on opportunities that are presented to us from other people, but now we're creating our own. Like this is the first, yes. I don't know if it's the first time, but, um, as, as far as I know, you know, like a, a fairly visible, um, mystery quilt along that's with three quilters that are established in the industry and have come from three different experiences are coming together um, from all the different experiences and we're working together and it's been wonderful. I mean, it's been, I've loved the moments where we disagreed because of the fact that we were able to have those conversations and work through it. And it was like, okay, we're good at the end of this, you know, because we all do our businesses differently and we create differently and we design differently and all of that. And there's, so there's been compromise and everything, but it's been a beautiful experience. And then to see that spill over into the Facebook page where the students are getting excited and we're offering this, you know, wonderful start to 2021. So, you know, we're taking, it's like, it's like the best of taking lemons and making lemonade out of them. Um, because we're like, okay, this is what the hand we've been dealt. This is who we are in the industry and, you know, the Black Lives Matter impact in the quilting world. In a lot of ways, it's just shown us what we've already known, but it's in our face now and it's been uncomfortable and weird to deal with. Mm-hmm. But we're like, okay, this is where we are. What are we mm-hmm. going to do? And we've decided to create this sort of magical space and this magical project. And I'm really, really happy to be here. It's a parallel universe. Well, I think you created... Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you've created a parallel universe, and now all of you get to live in it. And it's amazing, and you get to set the rules, and you get to help support people in love, and you get to, um, you know, to to teach and to give people confidence and empower them in their own beliefs about their work and their abilities. And I think it's really wonderful. And for me, it really does, um, you know, speak to some of my, um, you know, greatest ambitions for Black Women's Stitch is to have, like, three black women, three amazing black women, engineers, teachers, pattern designers, fabric designers, writers, like all three, to have access to all three of you all at the same time. I mean, priceless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priceless. It's priceless and it's $20 less That's if right. you do it by the 31st of August. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I am so thankful for y'all being here today and talking with me on the Stitch Please podcast. Where can people find you on social media? I'm going to include the links to your website, but where is the best way for people to reach out to you? Um, I'm Facebook and generally only Facebook and I have the fortune of a very odd name. So if you get to Facebook and you just use that search engine for Guylene, you will find all my pages. Okay, excellent. Ebony, how about you? How can people find you on the socials? So for me, I have the opposite where I do not recommend that you Google my name. Uh, instead, you, you know, is there a, is it, that sounds like a story. Like that sounds like a don't Google Ebony Love because it's going to come up with, um, never mind. Don't tell me. 
I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna do it later and be really delightedly surprised. Um, well, <laughs> everyone's you, gonna be Google. Yeah, please, please, please do not do it at work. That is all I ask. Is please do not do that at work. <laughs> it's not. It's not suitable for it's work. Not, um, search return. Okay, not I did it. Put work. your kid filters on. Put the kid um, filters put on. Put the kid filters on. Yeah. You know, you can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the story. So I am Lovebug Studio. And your name is so beautiful. Yes. yes. It's so. It's such a beautiful name you know, I'm just like what so okay you know this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. yeah yes yes I believe it I believe it so um so on the internet I am lovebug studios on uh pretty much every platform so YouTube Instagram Facebook okay. Pinterest you know it's lovebug studios everywhere you go <laughs> Okay, great. Uh, Latifah, how about you? How can we, how can people find you on the socials? I am Latifah Sapphire Studios everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, my webpage, um, YouTube. Excellent. And I will put links to all of those things in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast on um, Apple, for example, all the show notes will show up there and you can have direct links to the Parallel Universe quilt, Mystery Quilt. I'll put that link as well as all their social media handles so you all can find them and follow them and sign up for the class. And again, don't forget to get your fabric because if you want some batik, um, it's, it's times of wasting. So, um, be sure to go ahead and grab that before it's too late. Lisa, Thank you all. Yes. Uh, really quick. The website for the mystery quilt is parallel universe Perfect. And I know Perfect. you're going to link it below, but just to call it out, it's parallel universe So yes, just to reinforce what Galen just said, if you're interested in looking at the at the quilt and signing up for the quilt class, go to paralleluniversemystery.com. Yes, is that right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Thank you all again so much. This has been a real honor and a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa, for the opportunity. For Thank you. This was awesome. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcasts Um, directories or services allow for reviews but for those who do for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the stitch please podcast that is incredibly helpful thank you so much come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together